Welcome to The Other Ministers, the podcast where the other ministers in your church who are not the senior minister get to have a voice, get to have a podcast. I am joined today, as always, by uh, my good friends Hank Taylor and Mitchell Dome. How are you boys up? doing? What's well, up, Joe? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. We will, uh, we're we're going to shuffle the show order just a little bit today. Wow. So we're, we're going we're gonna to tell me something good at the end because we want to end on a high note. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. Uh, this is episode four uh, of The Other Ministers. We, we've titled each episode uh, along a, a pop culture thematic kind of, kind of line. And uh, mm. we stuck with that one for today. Today is a very special episode, which um, among the many things making me feel old right now are that. <laughs> My two co-hosts have never seen a very special episode of an 80s or 90s sitcom. Yeah. Is that true? I, yeah, I had to Google it, uh, which Wikipedia pulled it up right away, which I was impressed with. I, I, I said, I was like, wow, it's a thing. It uh, is definitely a thing. And yeah. it was, I should say it was a thing. So a very special yeah. episode, as told by Wikipedia, is an advertising term originally used in American television promos to refer to an episode of a sitcom or a drama series that dealt with a diff- difficult or controversial social issue. Yes. I'm familiar with the term, and I probably have seen clips from a very special episode. You certainly a, have. Yeah. yeah. The, maybe <clears throat> the most famous, uh, although it is definitely not the best very mm-hmm. special episode, but probably the most famous is the Saved by the Bell episode where Jesse is trying to overachieve and gets addicted to caffeine pills. Mm. Also known as Jesse's Song. Jesse's Song. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Is that what happens? I'm so scared that's what happens you've never episode? seen it no i've never seen that okay. i've seen that i've seen that before yeah. and we're yeah. talking like caffeine pills we're talking like what you get at like the store yeah so she she and uh lisa and kelly have a singing group okay they're gaining popularity they're going to audition for a record label but she's what? also trying to ace her exams oh, and Jessie. she can't do it all just realize jesse's a girl not a guy yes okay so she t- <laughs> gosh now I really feel old. I'm sorry. I've never seen Saved by the Bell, but that just isn't my thing. Like, I, I know that that ran. Like, that's yeah. a thing. Like, I'm, there are people. That's not an old thing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. My age doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I haven't seen Saved by the Bell. I just. It probably does, though. Well, okay. I mean, Because like, if you were my age, you would have seen every okay. episode on TBS. Maybe you're right. Growing up. You're right. Like we all did. I'm sorry. Probably. I was trying to save your feelings. <laughs> but no, no, we're back. You're just It's old. okay. It's okay. 1995 was when the last very special episode ran. Wow. Yeah. So they, they haven't done one since then. Fresh Prince had one. They had three. Fresh Prince, the, the one that stands out in Fresh Prince, I was telling Mitchell this before we started, was the one where he and Carlton uh, get mugged and Will ends up getting shot. Yeah. And Carlton then yeah. has to deal with like it's survivor's guilt yeah. mixed with like the anger over what happened and, and bullets plays over Bel Air. Yeah. Season five, episode 15, aired uh, February 6th, 1995. Was that the last one? Yes. Okay. That was the very last one. That one was the most recent one in in my memory. Um, There were also uh, the the ones that also stand out are like an episode of Family Matters where the bullies uh, dupe Steve Urkel into drinking. They spike the punch bowl and he ends up almost falling off of a building. Okay. And that one's one's really crazy because Aunt Rachel has to like tightrope walk to get to him and so like somewhere in my head she does a cartwheel too and maybe i'm conflating two different things but there's also like the full house episode where dj wants to lose weight because uh, she got invited to a like a, a bathing suit swim party kind of okay. thing and yeah that was shape up shape up now okay. breaking news though that episode you listed for family matters is not on there so it there's probably three be. so just fight the good fight which was about, um, it was a black history class kind of a deal, that, that, that kind of thing. That's the one where somebody writes something racist on Laura's locker. Good cop, bad cop. Eddie Wilson tells Father Carl that he was pulled over and arrested by two policemen on oh, a failure to signal yeah. change. Yeah, and yeah. then the gun, where Laura Wilson gets mugged, thinks about buying a gun despite Steve Urkel's pleas before they can make the purchase one of her friends gets shot. So she organizes a gun turn-in program. Yeah, that was that was the one. I think that one revolves around a, a side character named Maxine, who I think she gets shot because she won't give her shoes to somebody. Wow. Who tries to mug her? Mm. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Certainly not yeah. right. Um, I don't know if I, I think Fresh Prince would break the mold on this, but all of those other examples were from TGIF back in the day. Was this just a TGIF thing? The very special episode. Uh, well, Saved by the Bell wasn't either. That was a Saturday morning show. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, everybody, I feel <laughs> old. I don't want to compile your problems, <laughs> but I don't know what a TGIF thing is unless oh we're talking about God. just being happy that it's the weekend. I say TGIT around here because Thursday is our Friday. That was a big boom of thunder. Uh, TGIF, and we, we've got to move on to the I'm show. Sorry, but I'm sorry, just, I'm sorry. I have to educate. I'm just so, f- I'm, I'm fascinated. I have I to educate know. the youth here. Uh, TGIF was a two-hour block of programming on Friday nights. Oh, wow. On ABC. What? From 8 to yeah, 10 people p.m. People had nothing better to do? I didn't, Oh, no. Oh, jeez. It's <laughs> oh, just getting worse and worse. Well, this concept l- of, like, naming a block of, like, a recurring block of television, that's still a thing. Like, yeah. they just don't have names like that anymore. Right. I mean, you'll see networks about like Package Ball. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> well no, that's like maybe you, you an had, example. You had, you had uh, um, like NBC Thursdays. Okay, oh, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, like yeah. going to be always oh, yeah. these two shows. Oh, yeah, when you had The shows. Office, yeah. Parks and Rec, The Community right. Right. All used together. Right, you used to yeah. have Tsunami on Cartoon Network. So, so TGIF was, was 8 to 10 p.m., and it had a rotating lineup over the years, but it, like the heart of it was uh, Full House, Step by Step, Family Matters, okay. Boy Meets World. Were they reruns or were they? No, no, no. Those okay. when they. Those now, when they. This was on TBS. No. Okay. ABC. Sorry. That was on ABC. My fault. Growing up. Yeah. I was just because I didn't know TBS was that Sabrina into, the like, Teenage original Witch. programming. Yeah. I thought TBS was always like a rerun. No. No, they did. No. My fault. In my face. Wow. In your face. We're learning a lot here today. In yeah. your face, youngin. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. So we called today's episode a very special episode because much like. Very special episodes of years past. Uh, we're we're going to talk about things that are that are in the news um, that just bear talking about, right? And, and Absolutely. Um, we we kind of started this conversation last week. And I just I stuck my head in I think both of your offices and just said, look, as as much as we have already talked about sports in the first three episodes of uh, this, we should probably take a few minutes and talk about what happened in sports. Sure. Last week, and uh, then there was also some news in the like in the church. Or church adjacent world yeah, that's, very that's worth adjacent, talking yeah. about. So um, let's let's kick it off just for for the benefit of anybody who uh, lives under a rock or is diligently avoiding television because it's an election year. Mm-hmm. Um, last week was was kind of phenomenal in the world of pro sports. Um, we saw for the first time that I can recall, mm-hmm. at least um, a. I've heard it described on the news as a wildcat strike, which I, I don't know exactly what that yeah. means in, in labor kind of terms. But basically the players in a variety of sporting events, I believe it started with the NBA, uh, kind of walked off the job uh, in protest, uh, in support of uh, racial equality, um, kind of uh, protest against police mm-hmm. brutality, and specifically the things that have been happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So. Really quickly, a wildcat strike is when unionized workers go on strike without the authorization of the leadership of the union. Gotcha. So I mean, that's yeah, and that's exactly what happened. That's I a, mean. yeah. There was no there was no approval from the NBA Players Association. Yeah, and you or had the MLB Players Association, and you had yeah. so many like union leaders who are scrambling there to try to make these both ends work. You know, with the NBA, it was Chris Paul who was put in this position where you're like, dang, you have to choose between your friends and your job as a you know, because he's the players' union leader. Uh, yeah. So you're like, dang man, what are you going to do with that? Um, sure. But no, Hank. I mean, you're more the basketball guy. I mean. I have thoughts. I have I have oh, things I have, too. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean it it did it did start with that. I mean, we've been talking about it uh, throughout this whole thing, the magic playoff series against yeah. the Bucks, which are from Wisconsin. Right. So and they I believe were the team that that kind of started this whole thing. Um and they I, very very quickly spread to other teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well I, it, I know there had been discussions mm-hmm. in the bubble. I know that the Celtics and the Raptors yeah, they they were about, about to start their series. They had batted it around a little bit. But um, it, it, it was Thursday's game five that was scheduled for Thursday. It was supposed to happen around 4 o'clock. No, it was Wednesday. Yeah. Or was it Wednesday? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I think or it was yeah, Wednesday. 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 But, fault. yeah, it was game five, though. Yeah, it, it was game five. They, that was when that game was scheduled. I was getting ready to tune in and watch. I yeah, had, like, right absolutely. A few minutes to four, you know, turned it on and all of a sudden you know you look on there and there's nobody on the court it was very eerily Nothing. similar to uh when th- the um college uh conference tournaments got shut down because what you saw was is orlando came onto the court to warm up to play and then they realized or they get word like hey milwaukee's not coming out so then right. they were like 
I guess we're not going to do this either, which is what, and I mean, this is a little bit of a side note, uh, I thought was so interesting. Because so if you're Milwaukee, you didn't relay that message to Orlando. So Milwaukee came out and looked like, and I mean, not that, the, to me, this is a very serious situation, and I, I take it very seriously. But there was a little side of me that was like, that's kind of funny. Because it, it went from Milwaukee and Orlando postponed game because they're not playing to Milwaukee postpones game by not playing. Orlando didn't look like they were ready to make any sort of social statement. They were just out there like, oh, yeah, yeah, basketball game. We're ready to play. And well, Milwaukee's I'm sure, like, no. And I'm sure to certain teams that act of, you know, we're going to do this on our own and not really communicate with our opponent, especially it, when you're all in the bubble. Exactly. And you're, when you're all in this together. When I'm, you're all in this together. I'm sure I, I'm, I, would, I would have to assume that there are people who – that comes across as a little selfish. It's a little weird. Yeah. Like I was like, man, you know, and I understand, and I like I support it. I'm all about it. Like, oh you, yeah, you have absolutely. a very unique platform, and if things continue to just go on and we go on as normal, nothing's going to ever change. And if that's the disruption that you feel as an American that you want to take to make your stand on your political issue, hey man, more power to you. And you know, but not communicating that to the other people who are there with you in the situation, I was like, interesting. And you know, in in you know, on to credit the Bucks, I think that if they had communicated, I I think that there could have been leaks. I mean, there's media in the bubble yeah. too. There certainly sure. would have been. Absolutely, there certainly would have been. It would have gotten that, that would have gotten out and would have been you know talked about differently than when it's you know everyone tunes into the game to exactly. try to watch and then it's nothing. To me, that's the flip side of it too, because yeah. like you said, if you if if I know an hour going into it that game's canceled, then I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just plan on not watching it. But when you're planning on watching and all of this, and then you have that disruption, and you go, oh, this is the point that we're trying to make behind the disruption. I, yeah. I, I, I did. I mean, that's, it's powerful. I mean, it speaks a lot to, to what they're trying to do. That's, uh, that's what really struck me about the whole thing was I, I don't know how, it, just not, not knowing what conversations happened behind the scene, I don't know how much of this was thought out. But the, the mere fact of saying, um, I, I mean, as, as I understand it, as I understood it, the the bucks like the the league could have come out and said well the bucks are forfeiting the game win goes yeah, to the absolutely. magic right I, and then and then as it as it sort of started spreading it, it i mean it, it was more and more players going I, i'm willing to forfeit game pay i'm willing to potentially yeah. take a loss in a postseason series mm -hmm. that could sway the the uh, the effect of the, you know affect the outcome of the series uh i'm willing to um dramatically greatly displease the the league that i'm playing for and the union yeah absolutely. that i'm a part of uh because this is not an authorized thing it, it it put a measure of control in their hands that um that that wasn't there before mm -hmm. and that i that i think is really powerful i mean the the nba um, and I, I had to read up on some of this but i i didn't realize they they had they had approved a list of 29 like uh, social justice kind of phrases yeah. that players could wear on their on their back yeah and, and so there's there's just something about when 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 there's an agreed upon scope of the protest absolutely it kind of limits yeah. what the protest can be right and so for them to go you know what i'm i'm willing to potentially be suspended lose yeah. lose game pay potentially lose a postseason potentially a lose a postseason series for sure um, to do this, and then you know, as it spread to other sports, I think people kind of picked up on on what was happening. But um, well, and to me, what was very interesting was um, the the you know uh, locally here in Orlando, Orlando City Soccer played a game that night when most other MLS teams, even in that same block, came out and said, "Hey, we're not going to play." Yeah. Uh, and then Orlando City came back after the fact and apologized for it. And then they said, if we had known what you know everyone else known at the time, we wouldn't have held the game. And I thought that was very interesting. And I don't want to accuse anybody of being disingenuous, but I'm kind of like, what didn't you know? What what did you didn't know? Everybody else was going to cancel. That's yeah. what you didn't know because the the shooting, the incident, the riots, all of that stuff was already taking place. Nothing changed with that situation. Nothing changed in the scope of social justice. You were just one of the very few professional sports that held a game that night. Same right. with the NHL. The NHL came out and, and suspended play for two days afterwards. And I think it, it reeks of disingenuineness when it's becoming after the fact. When it's like, sure. oh, dang, everybody else ain't going to play? Yeah, we should it's probably like, oh shut this boy, thing down. Oh, boy, we look bad. Yeah. Whoa. 
And, yeah. and that's what, and you know, because I mean, National Hockey League has much, much fewer African American players into it, so it, it, it's something that isn't as important. Actually, I can't say that. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I can't say it's not as important to them, but it might not be as predominant of an issue because those players themselves right. are not African American. So, when you have that scope of that situation, and then that league is still willing to play games, that's when you go, "Oh, this is a bad look for you guys. You better close it down for two days." Sure, sure. So yeah, that that boycott led to. The rest of the games in that day being suspended and canceled, the yeah. league got together with the Players Association and, and, you know, made sure that all that could get postponed. That led to, you know, several meetings late into the night yeah. in, the, in the NBA campus with the players and players and coaches and I think officials and player. I mean, about every combination of yeah. group of people you could think of. And even in, e- even in those groups a lot of differing opinions about what the path forward is, yeah. whether to continue to play, whether to mm-hmm. just call the whole thing off. And, I mean, so many factors go into that, and there's so many different mm-hmm. opinions out there about sure. both inside and outside the bubble, different players, different people in you know front office positions, different people in management or ownership. Yeah. yeah. What I've always thought was interesting was, and again, I, I mean, and I'm not like a skeptical person or anything, but my thought has always been, if if you as an NBA franchise or as an NBA team like genuinely care, then shouldn't you be having the owner of your team positioning or petitioning to the state governor? So you have to think, there's 32 teams in the NBA. It is not easy to own one of those teams. So if you own one of those teams, you're a billionaire and, and you're a very, very you know prominent person in the state to which you're in. So I'm like, who's going to have – if you know, whoever, um, you know, the DeVos family, um, Jeffrey Loria. No, it's not. Who owns Miami Heat nowadays? Oh, um, I'll look that up. Anyway, sorry. Belmar is another one. The Clippers. Yeah, like yeah. if any of those people. But obviously, like those Florida teams, if they call DeSantis, like Ron, Ron's answering the phone. You know what I mean? Like they can get in touch with him. So mm-hmm. like when we talk about positioning, like petitioning to like change, like that's what I would love to see is you're saying like these people who aren't just public power but actually have like money financial they can make a move in in politics and saying like hey no no no, we want to see some change we want to see policies change or we're going to pull our support of your candidate like do that would be real do that you would think be that they would not do that out of fear of upsetting fan base though like how like how, how much does fan interaction i can't play can't be, into something can't be like worse that. than it is now right like well, I mean, you how many people do you have saying like I'm not gonna watch the NFL, I'm not gonna watch NASCAR, I'm not gonna watch any of these sports because they're taking a knee for the flag or because they're putting Black Lives Matters on T-shirts. So I'm like, at some point to me, like you gotta go all in, right? Mm-hmm. Like y- you're doing the thing that's already gonna chase away that base of people anyway. So why wouldn't you say, yeah, let's do the thing that will actually enact some change into our communities? Well, that brings up a good segue to you know the joint NBA and Players Association statement. After all their conversations and everything they, you know, deliberated and and talked about, um, they ultimately did agree to resume gameplay. Yeah, which a lot of people, you know, could go either way on that decision. Um, but some of the things that they talked about was um, they're going to immediately establish establish a social justice coalition with representatives from all across the board: players, yeah. coaches, the governors. Like that's, that's good. With not owners. Yeah. I forget that we're not supposed to call them owners anymore. Sorry, it's yes. governors. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Owners of NBA teams want to be called governors? No, I don't think they want to. Uh, yeah, but I don't that think they was, want to. That was a, a recent Adam Silver move. I think yeah, it was last year. I mean, year. it makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can logically come to the conclusion why we shouldn't be calling these, you know, everybody except for Michael Jordan who owns an NBA team is white. Like, hey, you probably oh. shouldn't be saying you own. Okay. The, you know this. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this whole thing. Like, own these yeah. people. This, own these. This, yeah. this might not be a good look. Sure. I understand that. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, also in this statement, it talks about um, in, in every city where the league franchise owns and controls the arena property, team governors will continue to work with local election officials to convert the facility into a voting location for the 2020 general election. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Why not? Interesting. Right? Like, I, I mean, it's kind of sad that that's a, a revolutionary step. Like, yeah, you should use these big buildings and these, you know, large things that and I could be wrong here again, uh, don't we pay for a lot of that with our taxes? Like when we build those arenas In a lot and of stuff, cases, like shouldn't yeah. that be used for a public, you know, like election? Yeah, yeah. 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 The last thing that they, uh, the, the three main points in that same of the last one was that the league would work with the players and the network partners, TV partners, to create and include advertising spots in the arena and on TV 
to promote greater civic engagement in national and local elections and raising awareness around voter access and opportunity. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, contest LeBron James is a big thing, right? Yeah. Like, more than a vote, like, trying to get everybody signed up to vote. And, I mean, yeah, like, it, it, this is America. This is the system we set up. If you want to see change, it starts with elections. It starts with holding, you know, officials on any side of the aisle accountable for what they're doing and saying, like, hey, you ran on a platform saying you would do this. You are doing it or you're not doing it. Have you flip-flopped? Have things changed? We're going to yeah. vote you out. Like, that's that's what we should want as Americans. And, yeah, and speaking to that, they made that change very quickly when I wa- finally did get to watch that game five Saturday. Yeah, they they had already included. Mm-hmm. You could see it in the uh, in the arena si- digital signage that oh, talks about sure. you know yeah. promoting the general election, how to mm-hmm. get how to vote, and I believe a few um, commercial spots. But also even at this point, if you don't sign up to vote, like th- there's no way you can live in America and not have some way that you're getting a you know, I guess maybe unless you don't have electronics. Well, there's there, that's you, a you don't go outside. We're we're ranging pretty hard into political territory because uh, there's there's a lot that goes into issues about like voter disenfranchisement and oh, like there's there's it's it's not it's not as easy as it should be. Okay, for for a lot of yeah. for a lot of Americans. I guess maybe it may be for me right now because like yeah. any social media you go on to, it's you can sign up to vote on the page. Like mm-hmm. you can sign up to vote on Facebook. On the Facebook on, homepage. On yeah, the Twitter on homepage. On Twitter homepage. Right. Like yeah. like right. those things. And then it's everywhere that I, I watch on TV, you see it constantly over when and over. I, uh, Which bought, is encouraging. When I bought my house last year, yeah. it was a part of, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the, s- it was when I was, you know, change, I changed counties. So yeah, they changing said, hey, over to the new county, like it's, they made over. that super easy and accessible. Yeah. And, yeah, I yeah. and I don't know if that is a product of you know things happening recently, or if that's just always that way. But well, yeah, the 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 issue of voting access is is maybe less about being able to be registered, yeah. and more about being able to get off work and have For transportation sure. to get to a place where you can vote. Which is super interesting because yeah. just right across the wire today, I mentioned it as we were sitting down. There are so many like large public companies and and teams that are coming out and saying, no, November third is a paid holiday for us. Go out and vote. Yeah, which I'm yeah. I'm interested in. I'll yeah. be I'll be letting Doug know that. <laughs> it's really tough for me to vote, Doug. For those of you who may not know, Doug is our executive minister. Yeah. And uh, a running joke around the office is that we do not get paid holidays. We don't for anything. Yeah. I mean, come on. Every yeah, <laughs> it seems like every holiday that you that comes up that you think you might yeah we don't. You're like Labor Day, Doug. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I think Actually, we, I'm not I think sure. We, we do, do technically get Labor, get Labor Day. Day. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool, so cool. let's let's backtrack a little bit because we we've been talking about um, the this sort of wildcat strike thing that happened started with the NBA and, and spread from there. The the reasoning behind that is what has become an all too familiar story, uh, which is uh, probably surprising no one who is hearing this right now. Um, th- you know, there, there was another uh, shooting of an unarmed black person at the hands of a police officer, uh, this time in Kenosha, Wisconsin. There's video of the incident. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen have. the whole video. Uh, I, I've only seen what they've played on the news, where thankfully they've they've kind of paused the video at yeah. the moment where the shooting starts. But um, uh, this guy, Jacob Blake, was apparently called to an ex-girlfriend's house because there was another girl there and they were having an altercation. Somehow or another, the police were called um, and something happened that I don't think is on the video. Um, and the, the video, at least that I've seen, starts kind of right as the officers are trying to tase him. Yeah. And it, it doesn't work um, because I guess, I don't know if something malfunctioned. Well, it, it's not, you know, it, it's the information age, right? Like we, yeah. we know now more than ever. And the more we keep learning, the more we go, oh, we don't know anything. Like, you know sure. what I mean? Like, you yeah. see those things. And, and like I said, this isn't a statement either way, but it's just like, yeah, we're getting a small glimpse of, of this thing and then going like, hey, this is this is it. This is what happened. Well, no, right. you, there, there's a lot that, that, that go into these things. Yeah. And it, it's tough right now, man, because like I said, I remember who it was who said it. It was a prominent person, but said like, yeah, nothing's different. Like, things aren't getting worse right now. You're just seeing more. You're just finally seeing what's happening. Yeah, and, and it's tough, man. It, yeah. It's a tough video to yeah, watch. Yeah, when when everybody walking around has a high def camera in Absolutely. their pocket and access to it, immediately upload that video. 
And then you have to pump the brakes and go, well, what's the whole story? Like, you know, sure. I understand yeah. that this video that I'm seeing isn't everything, but, you know, it could go either way. It could make things worse. It could have made things, you know. Um, yeah. But it, it's to me, the, the striking thing in all of this is how sad it is the way we're devaluing human life. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. that is the most yeah. precious thing that we have. And to say to anyone, this is the thing you did to deserve to die, that... Man, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow, and it feels like we are very quick to say, "Now nah, you die." Yeah. Well, and the, uh, obviously the the circumstances don't look great for the officers involved. Um, you know, again, the video picks up, I, I believe, right after the the failed tasing, and Jacob Blake starts to walk back to his car, and you, you can't hear what's being said. But um, there's an officer who's already pulled his gun and is following him. And then as Jacob Blake opens his door and reaches into the car, uh, that officer uh, begins shooting. Um, to my knowledge, as of today, we, we record these on Monday morning. Um, as of today, there have been no charges filed um, yeah, no. against that officer. Um, that's maybe a difference between what, you know, what we saw in Minneapolis with... Um, uh, George Floyd. George Floyd. Gosh, I want to say Freddie Graves, but I knew that was yeah. the wrong, the wrong unarmed well, there's person. There's a lot of names, which there is there are a lot sad. of names. Yeah, um, and so uh, you know, I uh, to me, I, 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 Mitchell, I fully agree with you. Like, there's there's so much that goes into making a decision on the spur of the moment, and and whatever led up to it. I, I just have a, I have a hard time finding a place in my head where where shooting someone seven times in the back is is the right call yeah. or, or is an okay thing. And, and again, I'm, I'm willing to reserve judgment and say, I don't know what it's like to be a police officer. Oh, absolutely. I don't, especially now where there have been, you know, there have been some backlash against police officers. There have been some, some very calculated attacks in some cases on police, um, you know, here and there over the last few years. Yeah. But... Um, you know, it's it's a scary time, I'm sure, to be a police officer. Um, but to be the one who has a gun, and the person you shoot seven times in the back yeah. doesn't have a gun, I, that's just that's really hard for me to square. The thought I had the other day was, who on earth right now? Well, I guess maybe not on earth in America goes, yeah, I want to grow up to be a police officer, and the people who do probably aren't the people we want being police officers. Yeah. If, if you're looking well, at the current situations and going, yep, can't wait to become a cop, you're like, uh, what What can't you wait for exactly? <laughs> I, either that or, th or they're the people who are are friends and relatives of police officers. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, I, I have I have relatives and friends it's who like are an police. Arm, it's like, like people being in the Army. Like, it's a family thing, right? Like, it, you're um, more likely to be in it if your family was, like, father was a cop, grandpa was a cop, like, I, that kind of deal. I think it's probably you're more likely to do it if you've has if you've seen good examples yeah oh for um, sure absolutely so, like I, I have a i have a cousin who uh has been a police actually he just ended as a police officer and is, and is starting with another law enforcement agency um but he like if his son decided he wanted to, to be a police officer that would make total sense to me because his because yeah. my cousin his dad is a good is a good officer and um so i i don't know i i think i think the narrative has become that that the bad examples the 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 very very negative the very highly visible the very tragic stuff gets a lot more play yeah um you know there, there's the old adage in news if it bleeds it leads mm. and I'm, I'm not just trying to say that that the only problem is a few bad apples and, oh yeah and sure. i mean there's there's yeah. clearly i think clearly some some broader like structural problems yeah. that that need to be addressed um you know maybe on a department by department basis uh but maybe maybe on a larger scale than mm -hmm. that um but yeah it's it's just uh and it's a yeah. it's an interesting and very difficult thing for the three of us to talk about because yes. you know you go with it and you say okay you, you're doing a podcast you're at, you know or just at large you're at church you're going to act like you just have your head buried in the sand and you go what something's happening out there <laughs> or do you run the risk of talking about it and then running you know because it, it doesn't matter there's no win there's no down the middle no matter what you're going to get stuff from either side of the people you know yeah and, and at this yeah. point even if, if you're still listening or if you've already turned us off because we said something to upset you y y there's there's no win 
You either, you know, don't bring it up and everybody goes, wow, how can you ignore what's happening around you? Or you do bring it up and you run the risk of all the people who are going to have a a view counter to yours. But I I think the thing that I keep saying, you know, or trying to remind myself is these are experiences I've never had, you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's really tough for me to say, hey, you person who I don't I'm different than I've never gone through the things you've gone through. You're wrong. And you should just shut up. Sure. Like, no, I have no idea. And that goes both ways. I've never been a cop. None of my family's a cop. I have an uncle, a distant uncle who's a cop. That's it. So I, I don't know what it's like to be a police officer. I can tell you right now, I don't want to be one. It's not worth it. Whatever they're getting paid ain't enough. <laughs> like, yeah. So it, yeah. There, there's both sides of it that I just go, man, I, I don't know what to do with either one of them. I just like, I want to hug people. I just want to, I want to give yeah. both sides a yeah. hug. And yeah. Just because well, it, it's tough. And that's that's where I kind of land with, like, the, you know, Hank, you read this statement from from the NBA and the Players Association, and, and you, you hear politicians talk about issues like this and, and corporations, and, and everybody's like, here's what we're going to do to make it better. And I kind of just wish more people would go, hey, guys, this sucks, and I don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah, Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm sorry that this, like, the, the Blake family, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I can't remember the officer's name who, who fired the shots, but, like, your life is ruined and your oh, yeah, family's absolutely. life might be ruined. Man, good good luck yeah. going to school if you're the kids or anyone yeah. with that or around and that. And I'm, I'm sorry that's happening to you and the people of Kenosha and the people of Minneapolis and the people of Baltimore and all these places where, like, uh, uh, protests turn to rioting, turn to looting. Like, I'm sorry... I, I'm yeah. sorry for everybody involved in this, which at this point is all of us, <coughs> because it's such a cultural thing. It's yeah, happening it, right now. It's a thing that I think we see in our country, in our churches, and I think it's what a lot of people all people are wanting an answer to every to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a leader, if you're a person who you know people are coming to for answers, you always want to give one. Yeah, and you always want to have something to to say, yeah, and something to offer. Um, but I, you know, think that there is some wisdom in just being able to look at a situation and, um, like we've been talking about in our sermon series, mourn, yeah. you know, be able to say like, we're get this, this is, we want to realize the gravity of the situation. And we don't, I mean, we need to sit in that for a minute and really let yeah. that affect us before we try to jump to a, to an immediate decision. That yeah. was a big culture shock of Bible college for me. I mean, kind of a separate note there, but the idea of not knowing is an okay thing. And yeah. going yeah. like, hey, I, I don't have an answer for this, and I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, um, before that, I think when I went to Bible college, I thought, oh, I will go there. They will fill me with the answers, and then I will go <laughs> inform the uninformed about the answers. Now, nah, man, it's not going to be like that. And these are the situations where you look to community leaders and, and church leaders, and, and you go, okay, well, what do we do next? Man, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Mitchell, that is actually a perfect segue to the, the second terrible news story from yeah. last week that we kind of need to talk about that is uh, church-related and church-adjacent, uh, and that concerns the president of the largest, I think the largest, yeah. and almost certainly the most influential mm-hmm. uh, Christian college in probably in the world, yep. um, certainly in our nation, and that is Liberty University, and it's now former president Jerry Falwell Jr., um, if you have followed news at all, if you've if you've stayed connected with like particularly evangelical church leadership and its connection to politics and political issues, then you're certainly aware uh, of Jerry Falwell Jr. He's obviously the son of Jerry Falwell Sr., who founded both uh, Liberty University and I think it's called Thomas Rhodes Baptist Church. Mm. And under his leadership, he was the pastor of the church and the president of the college. Yep. Um, he, as the pastor of the church, was also the chaplain of the college, and the chaplain, uh, based on some stuff I've read, the, the chaplain of the college uh, had a, um, was meant to have a position of, of leadership and influence in the way the college ran. Uh, when he died, um, Jerry Falwell Jr. took over the, um, the college, and his other son, who I believe his name is Jonathan Falwell, I uh, took over as the pastor of the church, and Jerry Falwell Jr. very quickly started diminishing the role of the chaplain. Oh yeah. Um, and so, like, for the last decade, I think that he's that he's been there. He's he's sort of been pushing the seems like at least externally pushing the religious stuff to the side Absolutely. a little bit in favor of let's build the university, let's build the financial oh. base, let's build the the political influence. 
and all this kind of stuff. And there have been uh, several kind of public, public, highly publicized things over the years that have sort of gotten Jerry Falwell Jr. into hot water. Yeah, it's been a slow burn here. I, I think yeah. a couple, you know, maybe they, ten, they five, ten years ago, we were like, maybe that Jerry Falwell is not a great guy. And now you're <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. A few recently, a few. Yeah. Well, yeah. and to, yeah. to speak to what you said, I, I mean, I read several articles about him just preparing for this. Um, but he saw a, it was a billion dollars worth of construction projects and pioneering online learning platforms for Liberty. Yeah. Great for the school. But w- how he did that was by cutting, undercutting the budget for the Divinity School. Mm-hmm. So, th- you know, the original purpose that the school served, you know, he, he had a very different agenda. I think very clearly had a different agenda than his father who founded the university had. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I seem to recall over the years growing up, that Jerry Falwell Sr. could also be kind of a problematic person, or at least could say problematic sure, things sure. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the, the two most recent things with Jerry Falwell Jr. were uh, a few weeks ago, there was a... It's unclear to me if it was an Instagram post from him. It was or an Instagram post from him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, <laughs> so I, I was, I was li- reading and listening to different things, and there was apparently more pictures that were in a Instagram story yeah. that was not public. But Jerry Falwell Jr. posted a picture of himself with um, a woman who is not his wife, um, both of them with pants kind of unzipped a little bit and belly sticking out. Midriff showing. Midriff showing. It's just an odd photo. It's like, a very odd photo. I have photo. it in front of me right now, and yeah. I'm just like, so you clicked this and you're like yeah this is this is this is one of the ones i need to share with people and not only you know because like uh, you can accidentally click a photo especially if you're montaging eight photos in instagram post sure it wasn't an accident because no, below well, it because the put, caption is yeah he, he talks yeah. about that specific picture in the caption so i'm just sitting here and i'm thinking out of all phases even if you're just a dude this isn't a good look for you bro right. your Middle stomach's right. hanging out for yeah. some reason your pants aren't done yeah, I just don't get it at all. Well, Middle-aged white guy midriff is just not no. a good thing to look at <laughs> no. on Instagram. I block people with stuff like that. And you can see his underwear. Yeah. Yeah, so in, in the picture also, he's he's holding Middle a aged. cup of a liquid. That in the caption, he says, don't worry, it's just black water. Which so of course of it's course alcohol. It's, of course it's not. You could have said Coke. You could have said grape juice. Sure. There are so many dark liquids yeah. that you could have put in there and said that's what it is. No, dark water. I got water and then put black food coloring in it to turn it. Get yeah. out of here, man. So he, um, there in in the aftermath of that, there was there were quite a few Liberty students and alumni who who sort of like made their voices heard a yeah. little bit and said, "Listen, according to the Liberty Code of Conduct that every every student has to you know abide by, um, even being in a place that is serving alcohol can be up to a three hundred dollar fine." Yeah. Um, and 30 hours of community service, uh, being caught in any, and this is, this kind of <laughs> made me laugh, but being, me laugh. <laughs> being caught in any state of undress with a member of the opposite sex, yes. $150 fine, oh, yeah. 15 hours. So, uh-huh. so beer is worse than premarital sex, Absolutely. according to Liberty's. Uh-huh. Um, I just like the idea of you being at an Olive Garden and having the Liberty cop come find you. Like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, hey, they got yeah. wine beside you. Get you, get you out of here. <laughs> yeah. So the, these students and, and former students were just making the point, like, we would we would face at minimum for this picture a four hundred and fifty dollar fine, yeah. 40, 45 hours of community service, and possibly also be expelled. Yeah. Why in the world is this okay for the president of the university to do? Um, so in did the, you in see the, his comeback to that? Uh, I didn't. Maybe maybe I saw what what was this okay. So to this that? is what I mean. In, now granted, I'm pretty sure this is directly coming back to the criticisms of that photo. I have never been a minister. Minister, he told one critic on Twitter pointing out his background as a lawyer and real estate agent. The facility, students, and campus pastors, those are the ones who keep the LU strong spirituality in the Christian world. Interesting. I, yeah, I, I did not hear that. Yeah, and then he, he goes on to say, I'm very proud to be a conservative Christian. My job is to keep uh, LU, Liberty University, successful academically, financially, and in athletics. But just the idea of, I've never been a minister. When, when pointing out to people who are critiquing not you being a minister, not you having to minister people, but simply that you are not living a lifestyle that is to the standard that your university is setting. We're and the standard that you're holding all the students to. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I, that, and that, I think, was, was the biggest issue, um, just as, as I was kind of diving into that story. In the aftermath of that photo, he, 
either was asked or agreed with the Liberty Board to take an indefinite leave of absence, mm-hmm. uh, which lasted until last week when there was even more Oops. worse details worse. Uh, about where a, uh, a, a former business partner uh, alleged business a partner slash pool boy. Business partner, business partner. I think after his pool boy days yes. were over, but uh, basically went to Reuters news service and and said, um, "I had a seven year long affair with, um, I think it's her name's Becky. I should have done more research on this. Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife, Becky. And he, not only did he know about it, but he kind of liked to be in the room when it happened. Yep." And, um, of course, there were immediate uh, denials of this, but Reuters was kind of like he brought us screenshots and audio recordings, and uh, some of that stuff, I think, has been released to other other news outlets, and, and people have kind of gone like, it's difficult to see those things and hear those things and not think that this guy's telling the truth, um, a- at least in part, about this affair. It is Becky is her name. Becky, gotcha. And so in the, in the aftermath of that, uh, apparently Jerry Falwell Jr. tendered his resignation mm-hmm. uh, and then took it back and said, no, no, I, I take back my take resignation, it. and then came to an agreement with the board mm-hmm. to resign along with um, a $10 million buyout, basically. Yeah. And then basically said, um, whew, glad that's out in the open. Y'all peace out. I'm going to go make a lot more money in business. Yeah. And um, so I, the, the, the heart of, I think, what I want to talk about uh, as, it, as it pertains to this story is that Jerry Falwell Jr., I think a lot based on the strength of his name, uh, his, the, the legacy of his family based on um, the strength of Liberty as a, um, as a very large private university and the money that comes along with that, um, has spent a lot of time leveraging that into influence and yeah. into kind of being being in the same room as people who have a lot of power and make and make decisions uh, up to and including the president yeah and now uh once again we have a a kind of christian leader who who was put on a pedestal by many who put themselves up yeah. on a pedestal for sure that we find out their their lifestyle looks nothing like uh, or very little like, uh, we'll be gracious here, very little like what they are sort of condemning other people for, for yeah. not being. And I think that's um, why it's it's very important that these are, I think these are two subjects that we, we don't, you know, it's not like we're like, oh, I guess what's the topic de jour? Like, you know, what do we have for today? Like, these are things we need to talk about. This is one we need to talk about because yeah. as Christians, it, it's a large part of pointing out the people who are in your circle, who are in your base and going, no, what they did was wrong. We do not condone that in being like public about it and not just going, yeah, Jerry Falwell, crazy character, right? And him. Boys will be boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think yeah. that's the shrug that. off. That's the arrogance that I see repeatedly when you see these things over and over and over again. It's not like he was a bad dude and was like trying to hide it. It's not like he was a bad dude and was ashamed of what he was doing. He was saying, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to post it on Instagram. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to say these things. I'll do this stuff. You know, I'm going to take video, screenshot. I'll send you a text message. Like, anybody nowadays who is doing some sketchy stuff, you're, like, you're sending text messages? Like, you leaving a paper trail? Like, you don't even care if you get caught. Yeah. 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 Well, That's and there's, there's a, uh, an interview with um, NPR that he did back in 2016 where he uh, – Jerry Falwell Jr. was one of the first people to come out very strongly – in support of Donald Trump as yeah. a presidential candidate mm-hmm. all the way back in, before the last election, yep. uh, not before 2016, but before 2012. And so in 2016, I, uh, there, there was a, uh, like a transcript of an interview I ran across where he was asked by an NPR host, you know, how do you square you being a conservative Christian leader, an evangelical yeah. leader in, in you know, this world with um, supporting a candidate who... Um, is on his third wife because he cheated on the first two. Yeah, and they divorced him. Who, um, I think at the time he was still denying, uh, you know, this affair with a, a porn star yep. and, and having a pay, you know, payout for hush money. Um, and, you know, and, and just like kind of all the other stuff that's a part of the president's like personal life, and 
his response shocked me, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s response, because he, he basically said, um, we all live like that, and anybody who hasn't been called out yet just hasn't been caught. Yeah. And so, like, I th- like I, again, trying to be gracious, I, I think he was trying to express what many of us would say, which is, well, look, none of us are perfect. And so yes. if, if, if personal moral perfection were something that, that had to be achieved in order for me to support a candidate, I would never support anyone. Which he could have said, which would have been okay, which would have been fine, which would have made you go, yeah, okay. Well, and especially seeing what has happened over the last few weeks and few years with him, uh, now that looks like, oh, wait, he, I think, maybe legitimately was saying, yeah, we're all... We're all horrible like yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're not cheating on your wife? Loser. Like, yeah. Like, I can go yeah. on record. I am not cheating on my wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I. hey, Norma. no one's out. Like, this is not normal. This is not the thing that everyone's doing. This isn't the life that we believe we're being called to or led to. So yeah. it, it's just bad. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, again, the, the, heart, the heart of what we're trying to do with this podcast is to go, uh, you know, we, we, we joke about this being the podcast where the people who are not the senior minister get to talk. Uh, but the reality is we want this podcast to to be a, a moment where we get to talk, where we get to, to discuss things and, and our personalities to come through a little bit, but also to help people understand, like, if, if you are a part of a church and the only person you listen to is the senior pastor, the only person, the only voice that matters to you is the one who's standing on stage on a Sunday morning or who's standing behind a pulpit, that's not good. Yeah, you know, oh, for sure. because there, there are just over and over and over and over and over again. We see in Christian culture, we see in church world, big leaders, big names, people who have a huge following, people who are very charismatic, who are great speakers, who are maybe they lead the organization to really good growth and really good financial success and all that. But behind the scenes, their life is a mess. Yeah. Well, and expand that idea to you know, listening to one pastor, you, you would say the same thing about people who only watched one, you know, news outlet or watched one or, you know, yeah, you got to have a balance you of some your sort of balance. intake. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we've that's, you know, a big part of you know, how I was raised growing up was, you know, I grew up in a very conservative household. And so probably like many people out there who can yeah. relate, like, you know, you had to have you know approval to watch certain things or yeah. or do certain things, um, but you know, my dad, to his credit, was was really good about you know helping us. You know, as we were getting older, we were in public school, so yeah. he knew we were going to see stuff out there anyway. Sure. Being on the front end of exposing us to that stuff, a and then teaching us to say, you know, once you once you consume that to be able to think about it critically and say mm-hmm. what is you know what is the saying what is the what is the message behind this compare that to you know what you you know you learned about at church or you know what we talk about as a family and then come to a conclusion based on all that and you know being able to have you know sort of a balanced in, intake diet of yep. you know speakers of yeah. media of you know whatever it is you know the vo- the voices and the things that are speaking into your life do make a difference i yeah. think and you know it's that it's the old adage you know what you know you put out what you put in yeah. or you're going to you know reproduce what you yeah. you know intake that and i i mean what what i'm really trying to get at is the idea of like christian celebrities oh, right yeah. that that um it it terrifies me now every time i see a chris pratt talk yeah. about his anybody, faith publicly anybody or, don't uh, do it man you or, gonna, they're gonna tear you down just like they built you up well and it's it's I, i'm not terrified for that person i'm terrified for all the people who are now gonna go oh, he's one of us oh, she's yeah. one of us okay. we should you know because that's like that 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 in, in christians we do this you know we, we we get excited when there's a big movie star or a big music star we we went crazy over kanye uh, what last year <laughs> when he he put out a record called Jesus yeah. is King and it's like okay one of like us. that's one yeah it's like us. that's yeah. that's fine I I genuinely hope Kanye is a believer and and that every bit of that record is sincere yeah I don't know I don't know his heart I and and that's and that's that's where this all comes down to is is anybody that we see even your pastor 
where it's, you know, I, I, I hear him preach a sermon every week. I talk to him in the lobby. Yeah. Like, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. You know that guy for an hour and a half for a sure. week. For sure. Yeah, you know the version of him that you made in your head. You know 5% of yeah. who that person is. And I think that's what I try to tell, and I tell youth kids, and I've done this for a long time, ever since really when I first started in here, hey, if you build me up, I'm going to let you down. Like, it's going to happen. It's not if, it's going to be when, and I promise you, I'm not going to do it un- intentionally. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, you try to hurt you eventually, but if you build me up to be something I'm not, I will let you down. And I think you know, to go full circle with the Jerry Falwell stuff, I'm not condemning the actions. I, I'm not sitting here going, wow, this guy, he did this and he did that. He was drinking on a boat, you know, or whatever. He cheated on his wife. Like, I wouldn't condemn that more than I would condemn any other person who does that. But I think it, it's more of the arrogance about that that went about it and, and then the position to which that you are in also. Like, sure. you know, when you sign up to be a, a, in a position of leadership in any faith-based thing, you're acknowledging, hey, there are going to be things that I'm going to abstain from. There are going to be things I'm not going to do because I'm no longer just representing myself. I'm representing something higher than me. Yeah. Same reason, like, you know, me, Joe, me and you, will, I mean, I'm not going to call you out here, but like, we will drink beer, right? But I'm not out going, getting plastered and, you know, making a, a fool of myself places because I understand, well, I, I have a, a, a decent little job here. Like, you know, I have, sure. I'm, I'm viewed differently in aspects by other people, fairly or unfairly. Therefore, I, I'm not going to do that. So um, that I think that's my bigger issue with Jerry Falwell stuff. Because yeah. I don't want you to think like we're sitting here going, oh, wow, this guy, what a jerk. You know, like he's a monster. How could you ever do these things? Like, no, like, I, I mean, I get it. He's human like anybody else. And I'm not claiming to be perfect. But what I am saying is like you need to have some sort of self-awareness about the things that you're doing in respects to what you do for a living and what you represent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For me, it comes back to just an idea of, you know, when we when we see that person, when you see the Kanye or the Chris Pratt, like those people are on a journey, just like you and me and, and yep. everybody else, and they're not going to be at the same exact spot on that journey as you. And to say like, oh, they're one of us, I, I think is a really powerful thing, and I think that's at the heart of you know Christianity that we want to be a large community. But I think a part of you know examining that community is to look around, and even in our own community, there's diversity. Yeah. There's diversity in, you know, people's convictions. People are going to feel certain ways about, you know, here we're okay with this or, or, or not this. And, of course, we're always going to hold that up to the Bible and what the sure. Bible says, yeah. you know, is, is good and, and, and right. And we're all going to, you know, live by that standard. But there's so much diversity even in our own community. Oh, absolutely. And when we encounter that diversity, we as Christians should be people who say, you know, let's dialogue on this. Let's have yeah, a conversation absolutely. and not be afraid of, of that diverse opinion. Yeah. Sure. I'm yeah. 100% with you. And I think that's another th- huge thing I've learned since working here is, uh, and I think it's a large part of maturing too, but going through and saying, oh, we don't all believe the same thing. And that's a good thing. If we all believe the exact same thing, if all three of us sitting around this table had the exact same set of beliefs, this would be a cult. This wouldn't be a church. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It would like, be a boring podcast. Yeah. Too. You know, yeah. We, we challenge each other <laughs> and we talk about these things. Like, that's important. That's a part of all of this. If you go back even to, you know, rabbis, like, you, you'd have your midrash and you would sit with other rabbis and debate them over and over again. They wouldn't sit there and go, heretic. Get him out of here. He doesn't yeah. want this. You know, he doesn't want that. Like, we are so quick to say, hey, you can't be in the club anymore. Yeah. The homework, the homework is get your hands on a church survey or questionnaire results, and you'll see just how oh diverse your church is. <laughs> <laughs> if only you knew. Yeah, one one of my passions in, in these last uh, – going back to my to my last church job before this one too, but is, is just to help Christians understand that whatever you believe – is probably not the only way to believe oh, about yeah. you know that throughout church history there's a very there's a very rich and diverse um, uh, history of people believing things differently than you than certainly than you believe them right now yeah um, just yeah all right well um, if you're still with us understandably longer than last week. <laughs> Thank you say. for bearing with us. What, yes. what are we sitting at? We're 55 minutes. 55 minutes? Okay, let's We're try to do this. an hour. Come on. Well, let's let's try to do this in, in less than five minutes then. Oh, yes. Uh, we we shuffled good. this to the back. It's time for... Tell me something good. That's right. It's time for Tell Me Something Good. I'll start. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. We yeah. we record uh, we record these podcasts on Monday afternoon, 
And uh, today is Monday, August 31st. And it is. And tomorrow... Tuesday, September 1st. It's my birthday. I was going to say hey. that. Yeah, I was going to throw yeah. that in there, too. We <laughs> had a little <laughs> celebration for yeah. Joe Woo. earlier right before we did this. Had some That's cake. Right. And mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm turning 36. Wow. And uh, overall, that feels pretty good. I've, I've been jokingly saying I'm, I'm entering the last year of my mid-30s. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. After this, I it's stand by that. I would extend 30s. it to 37, but... Well, yeah, entering is last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So entering oh, you're last. turning 30. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. turning 36. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got, I've, yeah. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're um, right. good. Mm-hmm. It's squarely in that mid-30s. For sure. For there sure. you go. There you go. So, yeah, so for me, like, the, yeah, that's it. I got uh, uh, an Oreo cheesecake, I think, on the way. Oh, wow. Uh, Michelle's, Michelle's made me an Oreo cheesecake Handmade. the last couple of years. Wow. It's good. Nice. Man, that's love right there. Yeah. I just get, like, Publix. Like, <laughs> here you go. I got, I didn't even get a full cake last year. I just got the, I got the carrot cake bar. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Yep. Yep. Well, maybe a discussion for another time, but your birthday is just poorly situated in the calendar. So poorly. <laughs> I can, can I change my birthday? I feel like I should be able to. Like, when, at least when it's celebrated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what? I'll petition for that. We might, we'll, we'll come back. That's next week's topic. There you yeah. go. What date should Mitchell's birthday be? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. I was uh, I got to visit family last week, so that was Very good. Cool. Um, they, oh, my, my brothers are both uh, Air Force uh, active duty. Um, graduates of the Air Force Academy, but they're both stationed at Shaw Air Force Base in Sumter, South Carolina. It's a quick six-hour cool. trip. No big deal. Right up 95. Yeah, hey. No, no trouble at all to get there in like half a day. Uh, so when they uh, have off, my uh, when we go up there, r- especially right now, that everybody is working like a night shift job. So, oh, wow. Uh, Why my, is that? Uh, it's just they, they rotate okay. like at, in the unit that my – in the uh, squadrons that my brothers serve, they're on like they go are they on, in the like, same squadron? Rotation. They are. Oh, that's cool. Do they, they room together. They have they have their own houses. Okay. Oh wow. They have their own houses. <laughs> cool. Um, but uh, it's it's cool. But they do um rotate through the different blocks. There's gotcha. like three shifts, and so you'll do like about eight weeks on a shift, and then rotate onto the next one. Interesting. And rotate rotate through. So when that's we rough. go up there right now, everybody's working night shifts, and my sister-in-law is a nurse working in a hospital on night shift also. So, nice. You, you uh, get a still, couple still hours in there? adjusting back onto my regular sleep schedule. Oh, wow. My mom and I tried to be good sports and stay up as late as we could, as as much as we could. Oh, but that's nice. So you adjusted uh, for them. Oof. We adjusted for wow, them what on, a man. on vacation. What a man. I'd have gotten up there and been Self, like, hey, man, you better wake, wake up, man. Somebody's got to entertain yeah. me while I'm here. Right, like, yeah. Yeah, uh, leave me a list of places to go see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. For me, uh, it was the MFL draft week. Uh, that was Saturday, uh, which is my fantasy football league, which is a big deal. Uh, I don't play fantasy football for football anymore. Um, it's fun, like that side of it. Like I like football, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it's a very important, it's a big, big point of our friendship for so many different people. So it's 11 people in the league. My wife's in it, my father's in it. Um, but then, you know, my oldest friends are in it it's just something that when we get together you know it's like a re-catching up with all of these people it's almost like a, a high school reunion but only if the people you cared about were there and you are the centerpiece <laughs> <laughs> yes uh so that that's always really cool it's a very encouraging time to be around uh, those those guys those ladies and um it was good Went to it's the a redraft or oh, that's dynasty oh dynasty. dynasty. yeah oh yeah this is super nerdy this is this it yeah we yeah. have we, I'm out here trading 2022 picks, man. It's it's crazy. So who 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 do who do nab? So I have uh, my strategy in this league, and uh, so just buckle in, kids. We got another two hours of podcasting here. Um, <laughs> didn't know that would do that. I set my phone on a cord and it made a sound. Um, yeah, I trade away all my future. I play I play one year at a time. So all of my draft was gone. So I have my eight keepers who are like all in the top 20, and I have no draft picks every year. So. That's, mm. That was mine. So my drafts are very, very lame. But I'm commissioned, man. I got a, I got an MC. I got to set things up. I had to put the jacket on. We get a jacket every year. So I got a big day, big day. Yeah, yeah. We take over the whole. Who'd you put the jacket on this year? My wife. Yeah, Hannah won, <laughs> uh, which oh. is a big deal. I've won the league once before. We've never had a two-time winner. Nine years. No one's ever won it twice. I um, do a uh, basketball league that is similar in competitiveness. Yeah, big and deal. I, I won for the first time this past year on wow. the shortened corona season. Heck yeah, that counts. And I say that counts. Absolutely. Especially because last year, I mean, uh-huh. that's a topic for another time, but lost on a tie oh. in the finals. Oh, on a yeah. tie? Lost on what a tie. What was your tiebreaker? Um, Best looking? It w- well, it was, I was the second <laughs> seed. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. That was a good one. I think oh, that was yeah, good. we got the rim oh. shot here. Hold on. It was, uh, it was just based on seeding. Okay. So I was second oh, and the other guy was lame. first. And, yeah, lost on lost on that. So I feel like if I could lose on that, 
last year. You can win on this. I can win on yeah, this yeah, this year. There you you go. got my vote. Thanks. I'll tell that to everybody else yes. who doesn't think that I should yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we we certainly hope there is good uh, in in your life wherever you're uh, listening to this. Uh, and but what what's what's our time? Are we over we're, an hour? No, we're we at an hour. At an hour right now. Okay, there it is. That'll do it for today's show. I'm Joseph. I'm Hank. I'm Mitchell. And we are the other ministers. Thought we'd do a little outro music. Okay. Time. I've missed your little little outro thing each week. You're gonna do that. Joe does too? a great dance. <laughs>